0: You're listening to To Trope or Not To Trope. We're your hosts, Kelly,
1: Kristen, and Ray. Hello, and welcome to today's hodgepodge of subtropes that we are calling Strong Female Characters, or (laughs) How to Write Women Who Don't Suck. Oh, boy. (laughs) Now, if you Google Strong Female Character, you'll turn up a bunch of listicles, a few how-to articles, and a slew of opinion pieces on why Strong Female Characters need to, like, not exist, but before we get into the nitty-gritty of all of that, I've noticed that female-centric character tropes tend to have so much more backlash on the internet than male-centric tropes. Like, mm-hmm. no one's out here writing about how hunky action heroes need to go away. But if you look at Manic Pixie dream girls or Femme Fatale's or strong female characters, people are wildly unhappy. Like, mm-hmm. why do you guys think that is? Maybe...
2: More often, the action heroes are ideals that everyone likes. Meanwhile, Manic Pixie, Dream Girl, and Femme Fatales are more male fantasies. So, Not that other people don't like them, too, but more often those character types cater to male gaze, male-centric stories. They exist for men specifically to see them and want them, which is not necessarily what women
1: want. (laughs) That's but I feel like even if you have manic pixie dream boys in stories, no one's mad about them. Mm. It's just the manic pixie dream girls.
0: I wonder if it's because historically speaking, when you look back on story, on like film, whatever, you have a male character, and like sure, there's like two D male characters. There's like the two dimensional male character, but for the most part, especially if you have a main character that's a male, they're an actual character. They're fully fleshed out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times you have women characters that are definitely not. They're just caricatures. Mm
3: -hmm. And
0: I can understand, like if you're talking about Manic Pixie Dream girls or um, like femme fatales, a lot of the times those character tropes are not really people. They're just kind Mm -hmm. of I don't know, there. And so I can understand why people are angry with that because it's like, well, we want women characters that feel like people, which I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. My theory was also that like women's place in society has changed so rapidly over the past mm. like Ooh. 100, 200 years
3: yeah.
1: that like if you write a female character wrong, people are going to be more upset about it because you know you're it's a bad representation versus if you write a bad male character you're just a bad writer you know
2: that makes Mm. sense there are i think there are some specific male character types that get a lot of flack though like any like a lot of your more typical romance hero men We'll get some flack on the internet. I'm thinking, like, how there was so much backlash against um, Edward when Twilight was huge. <laughs> like, there were so many people mocking Edward and talking about how he's, uh, because he sparkles, he's a fairy, not a vampire, and
3: <laughs>
2: just making him out to be, like, like wimpy, overly sensitive, and, like... Uh, he is a dramatic, like a very, like, melodramatic character. He is supposed to be that way, but he got a lot of hate from the internet
1: in some way. Real- <laughs> but that was, like, the specific character and not the trope, necessarily. And also, well, how, I think it having what it, I also think it have, being YA had something to do with mm, that. that. That's possible, but how many
2: other, like, romance hero characters that weren't big action hero men like were all that known or popular i think most of the like male like romance love interests in most movies have been guys that guys also like that kind of thing mm.
3: Mm. that makes sense i don't know
2: i'm just i i I'm trying to think of other examples or something but like I just remember that being huge and that it was just mocked like mercilessly by a lot of areas of the internet and whatnot which like I kind of see their point but I'm also sitting here <laughs> like yeah and there's a reason that people like him too <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I uh, I think about
0: action movies which are definitely I mean they're cool Lot of the times, mm-hmm. but they're not my favorite genre, unless it's fantasy, which is, <laughs> of course. But um, but I think part of the reason is because talking about flat characters, um, mm. when you when you think about action movies, a lot of those characters are flat, like they have no arc, or they're just kind of like going back to they're a caricature, but they don't really get the same kind of like Kristen, you mentioned this, but they don't get the same kind of heat as Mm -hmm. the female characters that are flat Mm and, I don't know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, like, you get people of every gender hating on female stereotypes, whereas, like, Mm -hmm. the male stereotypes just generally have one or the other hating on them. Like, men hate the, like, wussy Mm -hmm. romance hero people, Mm -hmm. and then women hate the, like, big, dumb, jock, strong, punch, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) maybe
2: maybe some of it too is that because kind of like you were saying with how roles have changed so much in modern society there's a lot more conversation about what women are doing and what women should be doing and all of that so not everybody can be everything so if you have a portrayal of a certain kind of female character it's going to seem Maybe, kind like, kind of a comment on what women should or shouldn't be, and that's going to make someone mad. Whereas, that like, you might not be intending to, like, make a comment, it's just another female character, but, like, people are going to see it that way because that's been such a hot, like, conversation. A hot topic.
1: That's annoying. People should, not, should stop doing that.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, like, the male tropes are pretty normalized there aren't many that are like new or different
1: or like a comment mm. on what men should be yeah. yeah the cinnamon roll is the only one I can think of that's like
3: mm-hmm.
1: does both of those things <laughs> you're like your sweetheart boy
2: who's yeah. or your soft boys or like that kind of thing mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: there are, there are some people that hate that one that hate on that one That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just about like making comments on what people should be. Mm -hmm. That's weird and very sticky. Yeah. (laughs) Just be yourself. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So with all that in mind, it seems like writing good female characters is, you know, kind of important. (laughs) <laughs> like, writing good characters in general is important, but this episode sadly isn't titled Characters because, you know, that would be way too much for one episode. Oh my god. This is also kind of too much for one episode, but, you know, we'll be focusing on female characters today, which is still a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the problem with talking about tropes is that they rarely start out bad or cliché, but too many instances of people using them poorly gives the tropes a bad reputation. Then you end up with unproductive conversations involving people arguing from three different definitions of a trope, like the original good one, the current overused one, and the reclaimed one, which is exactly what happened to the strong female character trope. Mm. The strong female character started as the opposite of the damsel in distress or the milk toast love interest. Like mm. female characters were weak and now they're strong. They have opinions. They do things. That's good. Yay. Mm-hmm. Like that's definition number one. And Mm -hmm. then a bunch of writers took this trope and ran with it, and we ended up with way too many female characters who were poorly written and basically coded as stereotypical male characters, but with Mm -hmm. sexy boobs. You know, sword-wielding ass-kickers or high-powered business types with no empathy. Like, you know, (laughs) that's definition number two. Mm -hmm. And then finally, somewhere in the recent past, the the phrase strong female character evolved as tropes do to refer to any decently written woman who wasn't a Mary Sue because we needed a way to identify female characters who didn't suck and that's definition number three Mm -hmm. (laughs) so since I think we can all agree that moving away from solely writing weak and pathetic damnables in distress was a universally good move In fact, a writer in New York Times Magazine called strong female characters, quote, a kind of gateway drug to slightly more realistic representations of women, end quote. Oh, goodness. So (laughs) she thinks we should have moved past it by now, as do I to an extent. But let's talk about the second definition of strong female characters, the one that people hate most. Female characters with traditionally strong characteristics do you guys see this crop up in media like what historically masculine qualities pop up over and over in one-dimensional strong female characters and which ones do you hate more than others
0: oh. uh, i i feel like they're okay just in my mind i feel like there are two types that pop out at me there's like mm-hmm. if you're looking at fantasy and sci-fi it's like mm-hmm. the stoic hero that's been jaded and <laughs> is unemotional and where's I don't know, combat gear and is angry and all of that. And then like, if you look at the contemporary stage, um, she tends to be a, I mean, you kind of already mentioned it, but like the CEO and she's Mm -hmm. brutal and cutthroat and she's a leader. And like, those are not Mm -hmm. necessarily like, I don't know if I could pick a trait like that and say like, I hate it. Um, Mm -hmm. I just I think what I do hate is when the traits become the only thing that defines the character. So, oh, she's sarcastic—that's her entire personality. <laughs> or <like> she's—I'm <laughs> like, no thanks. Like, I just want her to be treated like an actual character, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because like, I—I I don't know. Like, women can be—I don't know—all of all of these quote-unquote strong type types of things, or they could be a few of these things, or they could be none of these things, and it's fine as long as it makes (laughs)
3: sense.
2: (laughs) I don't know if there's a certain characteristic, but there's there's this thing that happens where they write her Kind of like a male character, but she they still make her somehow lesser than all the male counterparts in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have like a group mm-hmm. that's like a team and there are like five characters and only one of them is a girl or something like that, and she's still like the weakest one in their group, <gasps> like mm. something like that. You know what you mean? Like, uh huh. <laughs> there are things like that, and then there are also like sometimes there are shows that like. I've seen this in other places too, but in Peaky Blinders, there's Mm. Aunt Polly, and every like the show acts like she's cool and tough and smart and things like that. But basically, through kind of no fault of her own like I'm talking about the first season. I've seen the first season. I started the second season. I mm, I could not continue. That was mm. but like first season was great. Anyway, like every one of her ideas basically fails. Like it's not and they're not even like bad ideas. There's like a part where like she's She's, like, advising, like, this girl to, like, get an abortion because, like, her, like, her man is probably not coming back and probably not, like, going to help take care of, like, child and things like that and you don't want, like, a reputation and, like, all these other things that, like, make sense in the context but, like, ultimately, like, the guy does come back and, you know, they, like, managed to have that relationship and there are just like other things where it's just sort of like this person is a problem and Polly is like oh I'll deal with it like I can do this and like so she goes forth with her plan which like maybe wasn't the greatest plan but like might have worked and it doesn't and things like that but they're still like looking at her like oh she's like smart or like this authority figure or like something like that even though like time and time again she fails whereas like tommy shelby's plans like always work or if they don't work he manages to come up with something else that makes them work (laughs) and just kind of draws that contrast and it just feels flat when they're still trying to act like like, she's this cool character, even though it's very obvious that, like, even though, like, the story sort of, sort of says otherwise, it's like you're arguing with the events of your own
1: story. <laughs> what about you, Kristen? I was still thinking about what you were talking about.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is oh. fascinating.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> I've
2: seen it happen in other
1: places, too. Like...
2: Because I don't know, it's like someone read, like, we're, oh, we're supposed to be like, you know, have like women characters who are actually characters. So they just like have it written into the story that everyone like respects this person and thinks they're uh-huh. cool, but they continuously mm-hmm. fail. Like, because yes. some of it's like, I think that they can't let her outshine the hero. Like, the story's actually about mm-hmm. someone else. And. Uh, but, like, the bad part of that is, like, they can't let her outshine the hero, and they frequently don't let her outshine, like, his male friends either. So it's just this,
1: like, what are we doing? <laughs> the token female character. There <laughs> you go. Yeah, an iteration of that I see a lot is, like... When you have this character, and from the beginning, it's, like, established, like, oh, they're the smartest and best at this one thing, and Mm -hmm. you never actually see them do the one thing, you just see them be (laughs) really dumb in every other part of their life, and I'm like, I don't buy that they're the best at something if they're this bad at everything else.
0: Like, like, I... I love those stories, though, where they show you how they fail at other things, but mm. then they actually show you succeed at the one thing yeah. maybe that they're good <laughs> at. And it's like, yes, like, yes, that's what I wanted all along. Like, I want to see art. them actually not
1: fail for once in their own realm. <laughs> yes. And the, the two have to play nicely together, too. Mm. You know, like, mm. I feel like there are different dumb decisions that smart people and dumb people make. Mm. And so if you tell me that a character is a smart person and have them making dumb person, dumb decisions, (sighs) it just does not compute. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, my absolute least favorite iteration of the strong female character trope, which I see a lot in like YA and new adult fantasy, though I've seen versions of it in romance is what Mm. I generally refer to as the ass kicker! It is a female character with some kind of shady and not very well explained past that has imbued her with miraculous combat skills and stunted emotions (laughs) with an incessant with a side of incessant snark. She is ambitious and impulsive because apparently her extensive training never covered not taking stupid risks, and her inner monologue is just a constant stream of whose ass she's going to kick next. Except like she never actually kicks anyone's ass. A hot male love interest like easily disarms her or she gets in a fight and she falls down or she deems actually fighting anyone to be beneath her and i won't call out specific characters though i can think of many because that wouldn't be nice but like if you know you know <laughs> i think what happens in a lot of these characters is that authors try to mix tropes with varying degrees of success Like the faux ass kicker is the worst of both YA protagonists who are over dramatic and impulsive and fall down a lot, (laughs) and strong female characters with, you know, the inexplicable combat skills and a laundry list of male coded personality traits. Like, are there any other types of characters, either female or otherwise, where you see this kind of cringy trope mixing happening?
2: I don't I don't know about examples, but I think part of The drive for this particular trope part, this type of the faux ass kicker, to exist is basically a kind of wish fulfillment idea. Like, Mm. most of the characters that come to mind are basically the result of what if the character was just like me, a.k.a. relatable, but was super cool, important, could do lots of cool things. And then those skills are selectively applied depending on how they want the story to go. Mm. So we can tell you that in her past, (laughs) she, like, did all of this training and she is a badass, like fighter assassin archer whatever but you know she's immediately disarmed by the the love interest because he's just that good but like we never see her being like
1: I, yeah like <laughs> I'm, I'm here for that except like they literally never do anything uh uh-huh. <laughs> like, so, so poppy from from blood and ash oh we're pulling out names oh no because she's very close to this trope, but she is not mm. actually this trope, because you okay. actually see her stab people, That's and true. actually see her shoot people with arrows, mm-hmm. and, like, she's bad at it occasionally, but it makes mm-hmm. sense, because she wasn't supposed to train, and she hasn't had much training, mm-hmm. and, like, those books have a lot of other faults, but her character mm-hmm. was not one of them in that way, you
3: know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But like so many other characters, they're just like, yeah, I'm so good at all these things. And then you see them doing the things and they're really not that good at the things.
0: Mm-hmm. I I do think it's interesting because then you also get side characters who like, obviously it's the author trying to prop up this idea that the character mm-hmm. is strong and brilliant and the chosen one. And so like, or not, but, but- close close to being the chosen one and the side characters are like yeah this person's amazing and they're or they're like five suitors and they're like please marry me please be my my girlfriend like woo and it's like but why <laughs> i don't know if this one necessarily counts but i feel like i've seen it a few times and it's basically where you take the bad boy and like all of mm. the awful things with the bad boy. So mm. maybe he's rude and he, like, I don't know, hates animals or something, or like is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like uh-huh. all those are bad. But then they, I've seen the bad boy mixes with the cinnamon roll where it's like, Oh, just kidding. Like, this character is actually sweet and caring and understanding. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You just showed this guy kicking a puppy or something. And then turn around and be like, but I'm just misunderstood. Like, that's
2: like that trope mixing where someone a character starts out as like morally gray or evil like straight up actually like does nefarious awful things but then later it's not exactly redemption arc they just kind of pretend that those things didn't happen and that those things Uh don't happen so he's
1: acceptable now like
2: yeah
1: Yeah. or you like saw it from the wrong angle and really he was saving the puppy and you're just like
2: no, <laughs> I'm I'm more okay with that one because at least you tried. You went for oh he's misunderstood, not like oh yeah he's like I, mm, mm, I'm not gonna name names, but like there is there are some where it's like this character is like you know like badass like violent or whatever has like killed people or whatever like in his past and like. Theoretically, still has the capability to like do that, but we also like what's once the main character, like the love interest, like heroine, she's involved or whatever, like she never sees him do anything like that. So it calls into question if like he actually like ever was like that Mm. violent or like, like he's made out to be like he's like ruthless or like could be super violent, but he never does that. So it's like, well, is that part just not? true (laughs) do you think that
0: amazing banter is good enough for a lot of people so it's like oh hand wave look at this amazing banter instead of you know Uh me flip-flopping back and forth between being awful and like just kidding Mm -hmm. i'm good
1: (laughs) yes i I think that is enough for some people and honestly i think just telling them that oh he was bad and now he's good is enough for some people judging mm-hmm. by some of the books that are popular mm-hmm. which is not a recommendation to write that way that's why the <laughs> podcast exists disclaimer <laughs> oh gosh i know that I will... this happens
2: also please don't do it <laughs> yes And <laughs> we
1: mm-hmm. oh. will say another cringy trope mix that i really hate is when you have a female mastermind type character and then her arc involves some kind of emotional breakdown.
3: Oh no. Oh. Like like the Irene oh.
1: Adlers of the world, you know?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just
1: mm-hmm. like I am here for like emotionless characters having emotions. Mm-hmm. I am not here for kneecapping smart characters by emotional breakdowns. Right, yeah. yes. Because I think that's another one of your, like, male-coded characteristics. But, oh, they're a woman. They have emotions. They have yeah. to be sad sometimes. And uh-huh. it makes
0: them weak in the yeah. sense it of, like, kind of, like you said, kneecap. It, it
2: codes <laughs> that, like, her womanhood got in the way and that's why yeah. she'll never be as good <laughs> as the men.
0: No. Uh, oh, my. She's so oh my. frustrated.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't... Okay, you mentioned like mastermind characters and I have I have a very specific pet peeve that isn't super common, but I have seen and yes. this isn't ex- this isn't exactly like uh, I don't think this is exactly trope mixing, but it's when you have the eccentric genius character but
3: mm-hmm.
2: instead of being mixed poorly with another trope it's more like the author had too much eccentric and not enough genius so you end up with a character that behaves in very strange ways purely for the sake of being i don't know random xd rar lol um so their eccentricities just have no point And then you pair this with them supposedly being super smart, but they never figure anything out, or if they do, it's a wild jump to a conclusion that's Mm. pretty implausible, Mm. but somehow they're right, of course. It's basically an author trying to write a Sherlock character without taking the time to figure out how the Sherlock character works, and it's just, it, yep. mm, it drives me kind of nuts because it's like, oh, like, well, look at how like weird they are, and I'm just <laughs> sort of like, you don't understand this at all.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Like, like I, I mean, I wonder if it's not because like that trope mixing thing has actually <laughs> worked before, but mm. is done in a way where it's like. Okay, the author, the writer, like actually took time to sit down and understand the characters. Like, oh yeah, this character's weird, but also really smart. I guess mm-hmm. the first <laughs> uh-huh. thing that pops into mind is, um,
2: L from Death Note, mm-hmm. where it's like that guy's weird, but also
3: it is, but it works.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, like they they made it make sense there. I'm okay with I'm okay with L. Like, I can we can rep Death Note here. Like, yeah, L is super <laughs> weird, and but like it's like oh he has he sits weird in chairs because he says it makes him think better okay, he really likes sugar and he says that, like, the reason he doesn't get fat is because he's using his brain so much. And it's like, okay, whatever. You can have those. We actually see him figuring things out like all the time in the show and maybe some of them are kind of like jumps. Maybe you can argue about whether someone could actually be that smart or not. I don't know. It was enough for me to buy it while I was watching the anime.
0: (laughs) Right. And I think it's all how it's set up, too, where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, he made this jump, but you know, in a way, like how the problem or whatever was presented at the beginning versus, like mm-hmm. how he came to that conclusion. It's just i I buy
1: it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say I do like the eccentric genius who's more eccentric than genius when it's played for laughs, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yes. yes, and, like in Shrek three, the Merlin character
2: is like excellent.
3: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, no.
2: I like those ones. I think those. I think those know what they're doing because yeah, yeah. You can have a character that's like so fascinated by like the thing that they do, and they have like all of these like other little quirks. It's I hate it when they're like made out to be like sort of the center of the story, like a kind of mastermind, and it doesn't. Mm, it doesn't actually oh, yeah. it doesn't actually that just doesn't yes. track. It just straight up doesn't track.
1: Yeah, that's super fair. That's annoying. Think about your stories. <laughs> okay, so like, what's the fix for all this trope mixing cringiness? It's gotta make sense. I
3: don't know what, I don't I know
0: don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's gotta
3: make sense. Well, and also like,
0: okay, if you have this idea, I feel maybe don't start leaning too heavily into both tropes, because if you do, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be the character's not gonna be an actual like fully fleshed out character. The character is gonna be basically too, s- like a like a trope sandwich, mm. which sounds fun, but like Ray said, <laughs> it doesn't make sense a lot of the times because people are not taking the time to actually make their characters decisions plausible or like make their personality plausible and it just doesn't.
1: Yeah, no. you, you need the stuff in the middle. Otherwise, you end up with two pieces of bread that don't stick together.
2: Exactly.
0: You know. Yes.
2: Yeah. So it's an it's an empty trope sandwich, is what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: This is me playing devil's advocate, I guess, because <laughs> there are a lot of things that have done this trope mixing, like that people still very much enjoyed and i think it relates to like partly Mm -hmm. like the wish fulfillment thing that i mentioned with like the strong female character and i think it happens with the male character as well where it's just sort of like what if like basically you want some way to make them cool and they want some Mm -hmm. way to make them relatable like i think those are two (laughs) things that get or relatable or acceptable in some ways like And I think putting those things together might make the character, like, might make people, like, like the character more. And it's just the idea of those things, even if that's not the reality. It's like, oh, this person is, like, a badass, but they're also, like, a nice person. Or, like, they also, like, like to sleep in and, like, have a dog like I do or, like, something like that. like. (sighs) Just, like, mix some elements that, like, don't quite track with that person's life, but, like, there there are people who might enjoy it because they're relating to, like, the relatable parts, or they like the acceptable parts. It's like, oh, he's a bad guy, but, like, he was nice here, and he was so sweet, and it was so good, like but and (laughs) trying to give it's like trying to give people like the best of both worlds even though they don't fit together but like it's like we're gonna hold this together with duct tape for the length of this ya novel and then then who knows (laughs) so i totally understand
3: what
0: you mean because like if you look at trope cell okay like it's really it's a sh- really cool shorthand to be like oh yeah a bad boy who's also really a cinnamon roll like that sounds cool uh-huh. or like uh-huh. okay you have an um a genius who is just kind of weird at times and eccentric uh-huh. and everything like okay cool uh-huh. i could get behind that but the problem uh-huh. is the execution like <laughs> The problem is that uh, okay, it's the same problem I have with um book comps sometimes, or like mm-hmm. where you get like the elevator pitch and it's like, hey, this is you know, Howl's Moving Castle mix, you know, mixed with Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. Holy shit. I oh sorry, and then Holy it crap. doesn't work. Yeah. yeah I wanna read that, but but mm-hmm. then you read it and it's like this is nothing like that. Not even the mm-hmm. feel of that. It's just Okay. A trick. So as long as you
2: can pull it off, cool. But mm-hmm. um, but it can I'm... feel like false advertising if it's like yes. it's these two things put together, and it's sort of like okay, it's those two things, but they're not really working together. Like,
3: yeah,
2: I don't know. It's hard work to make new things actually work. That's yes. That's true. It would make a better story if the things actually work together. So yeah, I feel
1: like actually fill out your your trope sandwiches <laughs> to your point ray like there are many examples in which mixing the tropes and not really caring about the finer points has worked and there are mm-hmm. popular books and people like them mm-hmm. those however are the exception and the problem oh. comes in when people read those books and go, I want to write a book, and then they Mm -hmm. use the same tropes that the people who got wildly popular doing bad things used, Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't work for them, and people don't like their book, and they're like, why don't people like my book? That is why.
2: And then we have an explosion of faux-ass
1: kicker strong female. (laughs) And it's gross, and I don't like it. Like, and even if people like your book, like, think how many more people would like your book if you did what you're doing and did it better
3: Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. anyway getting <laughs> off that
1: high horse and going back to the fix for very cringy trope mixing that doesn't work just pick personality traits that work in tandem with the experiences your character has had like, mm. even if you do some, like, backbending logic jumps, just, like, <laughs> make sure it's there, you know? <laughs> like, also, thinking about positive and neg- positives and negatives of personality traits, that is something that I think a lot of these are missing. Because any personality trait has a way that it's good for the character and a way that it's mm. bad for the character. Yeah. Like, someone who is loyal is usually mm-hmm. a great character trait until they're loyal to the wrong person or loyal for the wrong reason or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, you just, you have to think about that. The faux ass kickers don't usually have that because they just have a mm-hmm. soup of personality traits that apply so can when it's convenient shoes. for the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like right now they're going to be a cinnamon roll because that's what we want. And right now they're going to be a cold hearted like killer because that's what we want. And there's no internal uh-huh. logic about which they're going to be at any given moment.
1: Yep. Yeah. Also, oh my gosh, fatal flaws. I mm. all of these faux ass kickers and like super tropey strong female characters have this one fatal flaw that is vital to the plot
3: like you know your
1: masterminds they have their fatal flaw of being emotionally in love with whatever and it's ridiculous like just give people natural weaknesses that make sense
2: (laughs) just tack on your fatal flaw afterwards like oh i guess we need one of these things
1: right you say that in jest, but that is what many books have done.
3: No, I can I get a it. Few.
1: I see what you mean. <laughs>
2: I just hadn't thought about it that way. Like it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: <laughs> and it like it never comes up until the critical moment either. Mm-hmm. Like it might be mentioned in passing, but yeah. it's like never important until mm-hmm. it is the climax of the plot. And you're like, okay that's, that's the that's, thing that's I'm new. sensitive
2: about. <laughs> oh Oh, no
1: (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) so this is of course all getting into the third definition of strong female characters which is female characters who are strongly written so fun question who are some of your favorites
2: beth Harmon, queen's gambit the netflix show i haven't (laughs) read this
1: that's fair. I mean, bonus points
2: because she's also a genius character, but believably <laughs> feminine and fashionable. Like,
1: I am here for it with weaknesses that aren't just a fatal flaw. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. How many are we talking about here?
0: Because I have a lot. As many as you want. Oh no. Um, I'll try <laughs> to limit myself, but I okay. I want to mention one of my favorite uh, female hero characters when I was a child, Mulan Mm -hmm. from Disney's Mulan.
3: Oh good. Yes.
0: Yep. And it's because like what's interesting about her is okay, so she starts off and she is getting ready to try to be you know suitable enough to be married. So Mm -hmm. you know she like she has makeup on and she's wearing like this tight dress and like she's Mm -hmm. being feminine and whatever. And that's I guess, you know, whatever. But then she ends up doing the quote unquote, like masculine trait things Mm -hmm. where it's like she joins an army Mm -hmm. and she's wielding a sword and, you know, she's whatever. But what's interesting is when she's in the army, she isn't great at first because she hasn't been Mm -hmm. trained Mm -hmm. in this her entire life. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And she finds strength in basically persistence and intellect and being, you know, clever and like Mm -hmm. you're looking at her own strengths and then, which are also her weaknesses. And it's, it's fabulous. And I have not seen the live action Mulan, but Mm -hmm. I have heard, and I could be wrong. So I'm sorry if I am, but basically um, the live action Mulan took this and basically threw it out the window and they were like hey mulan is going to be strong right from the start and she's going to be mm-hmm. you know great with the sword and she's going to be perfect and it's like mm-hmm. but that's not what mulan I like Disney's was Mulan was.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> no that sounds really frustrating and bad <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: oh and
0: then okay this is one more um My most recent one is from Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. I'm sorry, I've been talking about this book (laughs) for a long time now at this point. But Emily Wilde is a character who, the main character, who, Mm -hmm. what's interesting about her is she doesn't necessarily, she's not quote unquote strong in the sense of like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, she has a sword or she's like kicking ass or whatever. It's... Mm -hmm. More about, like, her being clever, outsmarting fairies, you know, (laughs) not really being great with socializing with people, but then understanding that she, like, being herself is basically her one of her greatest strengths and Mm -hmm. also her again also her greatest weakness because Mm. herself is basically like she wants to be a hermit and she wants to be away from people but she needs people in order to like gather her research and her other like the other like really he's a side character but he's basically her partner in crime he is like extroverted and like oh he's charming and he he loves people but he's not very well versed in as much as Emily is in like maybe getting out of things or being like as clever as she is and so they work really well together but Mm -hmm. she also doesn't Like, her goal is not basically to get with him. It's to, I need to finish mm. my research. Get out of the way. <laughs> In
1: there. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What about mm. you, Kristen? I One of my absolute favorites is Mackenzie McHale from the show The Newsroom, mm. which you both need to watch. Mm-hmm. I, like her thing is that she's like incredible at her job and she's really good. And she's hired for this job specifically to like irritate the lead news anchor. Cause it's about a newsroom mm-hmm. and she's the executive producer. Um, And so like, she's really good at being a, an executive producer, but the mm. conflict comes because she has history with the main anchor And so like you simultaneously see her being very good at her job while also struggling with like this relationship, but not Mm. struggling with other relationships because she's a human being who knows how to like talk to people, which is fantastic. (laughs) And I just, I love it. It's so good. Mm. Also deep cut here, Rosalind from Calvin Hobbes. She is excellent.
3: (laughs) Mostly because she's just
1: like, a normal teenager but she also like is the only person who will like play with Calvin and like do things on his level even though she also like hates him a lot of times and it's great very well rounded
2: just out of left field pulling out like when I think of Calvin and Hobbes I don't think of that character
1: just oh right? okay <laughs> uh, she was yeah. always one of my favorites like those mm. were my favorite strips yeah. the babysitter ones. Oh, okay. Aww, I know. <laughs> mm.
2: Coming back more mainstream, Lizzie Bennet in Pride and Prejudice. <laughs>
3: yep. Yes.
2: I didn't know I was such a Pride and Prejudice fangirl. Like I wasn't one of the kids who like just bonded that bonded with that as a little girl or anything like that. I, but it just keeps coming up. So I guess here we are. Grace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is it is good in literally every way
3: <laughs>
1: jane austen's goddess <laughs> okay so like i know we went into it individually but as a whole like what makes these characters well written what makes them strong female characters
2: they have opinions and they're believable <laughs> people with their opinions yes.
1: Yeah. okay <laughs> I don't think there are wrong answers here. <laughs> I, I feel like these characters are
0: not necessarily, they're not playing to any like character tropes. They're not playing to any like gender traits. They're just, they're just mm. people and they're allowed to fail and they're allowed to feel and they can be on a spectrum as far as like, I guess gender goes where it's like, yeah, they can possess masculine feminine traits. Doesn't matter. Mm. Or, like they can just be, they're just human beings and it's, it's great. <laughs> I
2: think I think ones that also can that makes sense. I will like definitely concede that they aren't written like stereotype first like as in like you only know the stereotype, mm-hmm. but like I think you can also have strong female characters that are more stereotypical. Like I think you see more of that um in like Game of Thrones, they have some of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's like the women are concerned with like marriage and childbirth and like things like that and lots of people are because like those are there are actually a lot of like practical ramifications about those things (laughs) like um like Mm -hmm. there are mothers who are concerned about their children and it's like well that's stereotypical and it's like that's also like real and they're concerned Mm -hmm. in believable ways because the world is dangerous like (laughs) right But they're not just all, like, Mm -hmm. I have
0: all the feminine traits in the world, Uh, and it's all contained in this one character. Nope.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're not written stereotype first, like I think Mm -hmm. you mentioned, Kelly.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think another major piece of it for me, which, granted, I'm not super familiar with all of the characters you guys threw out, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, they're all able to talk to other humans. Ooh. Like so many quote unquote strong female characters they are just female characters in general who are badly written. Like (laughs) they either like can't talk to anyone except the love interest where they're just like,
3: Mm, you know,
1: very typical and weird and, you know, not a normal human. Or they're like catty and can't make friends because they're special and that I'm just not Mm -hmm. here for it. Like (gasps) I know how to talk to other humans.
0: I I'm so glad you brought that up cuz um okay this might be a light spoiler it's not going to be like that much of a spoiler but mm-hmm. in um in Emily Wild she starts off where like she can talk to people but she really doesn't understand social norms and everything mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. like and she's able to talk to um her partner Brambleby because like mm-hmm. they've he understands her and so mm-hmm. she feels comfortable with him but like over the course of the narrative, she she meets people where, like, she's not, she's strange in her own way, in, like, a good way, and, like, mm-hmm. people are, like, oh, we, like, I don't know how to take this, and it's off-putting, but eventually, she starts making friends, and it's, like, mm-hmm. oh, I understand you now, and she's, like, oh, I kind of understand you, too, and she's, like, mm-hmm. I still don't want to be around you for a long period of time, but you're great, <laughs> and, yes.
2: yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, they sorry to like kristen's point of like they can talk to people like it made me think of um katara in avatar the last airbender and i feel like she's (sighs) underappreciated because like she's strong and she also has like the more like feminine traits they they kind of like call it out a couple times like in the show but like it's such a good thing there are multiple instances throughout the show of like other characters like basically like having an emotional time and Katara is like there for them and they can like Mm -hmm. just talk about their problems with her and it's just it's just real good
1: yeah isn't she also the one who like regularly like talks to strangers and gets them the things that they need because Mm -hmm. she knows how to be in society whereas the others are (laughs) Less about that. Yeah, I think it switches up a little bit, but sometimes that's how that goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is like, all this is not to say that your strong female characters can't get into fights with people or like Mm -hmm. have miscommunications, but like, Mm -hmm. there are so many characters who speak in nothing but snarky, like one liners. And I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. just not how people exist. I'm like, how does anyone like you? Because I don't.
2: Yeah, no, that that always confused me cuz like, mm, when I was in middle school, I really liked like Maximum Ride and she is a very snarky character, like she is so much sass. And mm-hmm. then like mm-hmm. I would read other stories that have like a strong like snarky character and not like them, and I didn't exactly know why. Is it like just because I read this one when I was in middle school because like there are a lot of there are a lot of problems with the Maximum Ride series. It's not, it's not like your top literature here. Like, but I think it has to do with like, even though she's like snarky and sassy, she like very much cares about her family. Whereas like, I think a lot of these other like snarky characters, like they don't seem to care about anybody else. Like they're just all snark and for no Mm -hmm. reason Mm
1: -hmm. yep (laughs) yep (laughs) there are male characters who are like this too but it's more often female characters
3: Hmm.
1: which bothers me Mm.
2: or like i think i would have more space for it if you actually like portrayed them like you could actually see that this person is kind of a jerk like, I think sometimes they do that yeah. with, like, male characters. It's like, oh, he's, like, cool and snarky and off by himself or whatever. And he's also a jerk. Like, and it's just kind of known. And you can even have, like, sort of a redemption arc or that person learns to care about other people. Or or okay. to care about your main character because, like, he's the love interest and so he, like, catches feels for, like, the main character. Like, something like that. Like but it's it's handled differently it seems because more often in those instances it's like yeah we know that he's a jerk whereas like some of the some of the main characters in like YA novels are snarky and they just sort of get away with it <laughs>
1: yes it, it comes back to kelly's point of like their other trait is that five people are in love with them so you know <laughs> obviously they're relatable and people like them even through all of their snarkiness even though that's their only other character trait (laughs) okay so question does a strong female character have to actually be strong in some way whether that's physically mentally emotionally whatever do they have to be strong
3: Uh,
2: yes I'm gonna say yes this this is this is this is a little complicated. Uh, I think I think you can have a well-written, weak female character. And that could be a strong characterization or a strongly written character, but if she isn't strong in some way, then I don't think it makes sense to call her a strong female character. Like that we've just discussed the pressures and the evolution around this trope. I understand there's a desire for female characters to be sort of real characters and that they're actually players in the story, like, and for the women to just be stronger in some way. But if we take, well-written weak female characters and try to call them strong female characters that's just going to get confusing and not and and it's not going to meet like a lot of people's expectations around the trope like if the book centers it's like oh this book has a strong female character and she is well-written but very much not strong in any particular way it's like that's just that's part of the problem with the trope having too many definitions. And I feel like that gets too far away from like what the true, like just the words that represent the trope. (laughs) Like, I don't think it's bad. I also don't think it's bad to have a weak female character. Like, like so long as she's well-written or like, it's like nuanced and it actually gets into like what that, person is like I'm thinking of um this isn't a book or a movie but like how Lana Del Rey presents herself in like her albums Born to Die and Paradise those are the ones I'm familiar with I haven't really listened to the rest of them I assume that they're probably similar but I don't know but like she presents herself as a very like feminine weak sort of character but it's nuanced and does a good job of like making the emotional space real so i'd say that's like strongly written but i wouldn't i wouldn't call that a strong female
1: character like it's sort of mm. just just not like <laughs> does that does that work in an arc though like i can get how that'd mm. be good for a vibe
3: mm.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it would work in, like, an actual story, so, like, it could be a dissent, it could be about, yeah. like, how her weakness, mm. like, how she fails and like, all of her weakness, something like that. Like, you know, you could go really, um, you could go really gothic with that, like, have your whole, like, <laughs> wasting away gothic horror, heroine. <laughs> yep, yep, all the dark values.
0: I'd be there for that as long as it was written well.
2: <laughs> it's not a good time. I don't know if I would read it if it's too depressing, but I'm saying you could do it and it could be like, and it could work. That doesn't mean it would be a fun time.
0: <laughs> if it was pretty, <laughs> if the writing Maybe. was pretty. That's fair.
2: If the aesthetic, I'd i I'd be there for the aesthetic. <laughs>
0: uh, I- I feel like this question gave me a hard time because strong can mean like you already kind of said it in your question where strong can mean <laughs> so many different things it's like oh yeah physically mentally emotionally and okay. personally like all of those things um and more and so I feel like if uh, even if you're saying like the character is a strong female character and that the character is written well let's say the character is a main character and let's say like it's a traditional story and the character is going to have an arc well typically in a story and again like this is just i'm generalizing here i'm sorry but typically like even if the character is weak or like is failing or whatnot is just continuously like bumbling around the story let's say or and it's part of the story it's Part of her arc, there is going to be a moment usually where, Mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, darkest part of the soul. Okay, bad things are happening, even worse than before. It's like, yeah, but then there's usually a triumph of, okay, Mm -hmm. this character is going to find some kind of strength within themselves, or maybe they've been, if it is something physical, they've been training and they've been failing this entire time, and eventually they got it right and it like mattered in that point in time. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of why we. Read stories in a way. And again, like there are exceptions where it can be a descent or it can be like a static kind of story, and that's fine too. But mm. but I don't know. Like <laughs> I would I I I feel like what Ray was saying a little bit earlier does make sense to me. And if we're getting too far away from the concept of the words and what they <laughs> mean, it it gets kind of like, like if you just say
2: strong female character, what comes to mind? Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, it could still be mm-hmm. a character who's, like, physically weak, or, like, maybe mm-hmm. they're not, like, the smart, the smartest tool in the shed. Mm-hmm. Like, the sharpest tool in the shed, but, like, at the same time, they're going to have some kind of strength, and that's going to be highlighted mm-hmm. at some point, usually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm going to take it a step farther and say I don't think you can write a good character that doesn't have some strengths.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you mean by good character? Like, well-written character?
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Just a character that
2: isn't flat. Interesting. Yeah, I'd say that's generally true. Like, you mm-hmm. can build yeah. a character around, like, them being weak, and I think you could still do that in a, like, unnuanced, nuanced maybe realistic kind of way, but that's more of an exception than the mm-hmm. the norm
3: yeah i think for me
1: like the key for strong female characters is some kind of agency
3: mm-hmm. like they have
1: to be strong decision makers basically like they have to <laughs> do things mm-hmm. and that that's what the damsels in distress and the faux ass kickers are missing. Like, they don't do anything in their stories. The stories happen to them. Or if they try to do something, they're just spectacularly bad at it with no (laughs) consequences.
2: Yeah. Or people reward them for some reason. Like, oh, honey, you tried. And it's just so condescending, patronizing. And it's bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Like, I think any... any character that makes decisions and does things in the story is going to fall under that strong female character
3: mm-hmm. arc. <laughs> like, obviously, I'm sure there are exceptions, but mm-hmm. in general... <laughs> uh, do you guys so agree I, with that?
2: That women should do things.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Agreed. <laughs> things should not happen to them. They should. Mm-hmm. They should make things happen. Yeah, not exclusively. I mean, things. Well, yeah, not exclusively. Yeah. I'm I'm nitpicking.
2: I'm just being difficult. Uh (laughs) Of course, I would expect nothing less. I'm doing (laughs) things, Kristen. I'm exerting my agency in this podcast (laughs) as a woman, (laughs) pushing the podcast forward. Time (laughs) is pushing the podcast forward. It'll march forward whether we talk or not.
3: I
1: sincerely hope not. I hope you would edit that out. Fair. Fair point. I would. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, back to our actual outline. Um, of course, the strong female character is going to be like most obvious in fantasy or action stories where she can easily do things for the plot. But like, how does a good, strong female character change in the softer, slower stories, like the dramas, romances, coming of age, whatever, that general swath of stories so i think
0: okay going back to the whole strong can mean so many different things it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're good with a sword or that like you can kick ass or that you know you're like physically strong it could also mean like i don't know i feel like i feel like kindness isn't as is a strength it's one of mm-hmm. those yes. like sometimes it's a skill where like some people just haven't learned it yet and it but it makes the world a brighter place. And sometimes it takes everything in you to be kind. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. typically not seen as quote unquote, being strong. But I would say, in my mind, and especially like if you're if you're in a story and you're reading something and maybe that is part of the theme, then that would be a strength. So I guess it depends on how mm-hmm. the story is being lit. But also, like even if that isn't the case, like, I feel like strength could be more about um it could be cunning or like mental strength. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe the woman like female character is trying to okay, I I haven't really seen anything with like I, I know you guys have but like chess, but mm-hmm. that is that is definitely one of those things where you know, you're drawing on your strategy on your like mental capabilities and so like you don't have to play around with being physically strong and so like could see that Mm -hmm. in a contemporary could see that like in romances maybe it's one-upping your enemy to lover partner (laughs) where it's Mm -hmm. like okay it's a battle of wills
1: or Mm -hmm. whatnot (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think perseverance is a big one too Mm -hmm. and they're just like being able to continue to go on and to keep doing things even when life is hard especially in dramas
2: Yeah, I think in the softer and slower stories that's also where oh gosh more stereotypically or traditionally female characters can shine because like it's pretty well known that like female humans are not physically as strong as men and that's like sometimes a factor in like your action fantasy like adventure stories is like they're out doing all these physical things and yeah there's a lot of ways that like women can keep up with men and like we underestimate that but like those aren't like the typical things that you see from Women as much? Like, that's a more recent push, like, your modern, like, women can do anything we want to be, like, like, I don't know, like, everybody wants to do archery, like, like, Merida and Katniss, and, you know, that's, that's a fairly new thing. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like, the more traditional, stereotypical feminine strengths are things like social skills, and, like... Mm -hmm. In some ways, like, manipulation and, like, Mm. other kinds of, like, stories like that. And that's definitely a kind, that's definitely strength. Like, and those are your more stereotypically, like, women's strengths, even.
1: That is true. yeah, I think you, a lot of those stories, you see the characters developing, like, emotional strength or, like, even Mm. relational strength. Mm. Mm-hmm which is fascinating and we need to see more of that isn't doesn't feel cheap Yeah, (laughs) it's so easy to make those arcs feel cheap Mm -mm. definitely okay so up to this point we have been mostly talking about strong female main characters so i guess my first question for you guys is can you have strong female characters as side characters with little to no character arc
3: yes (laughs)
2: this is like gosh we have multiple definitions of strong female character right this is a Mm -hmm. little bit closer to like female characters that are like strong in some way like not necessarily feel like not necessarily feel entirely like real people but like feel as much like real people as like any of the like their male counterpart side characters like I would think that would be a good, like, barometer for, like, is this a strong female side character? Because you can't just compare them to the main characters and be like, this one isn't as fleshed out as they are. And it's like, yeah, they have less (laughs) screen time. Like, chill. Uh But the ones that come to mind are, like, your your mama bear type character who's, like, strong Mm -hmm. when her people are threatened. Like, Molly Weasley Mm -hmm. is an example of that one. Um, And sometimes, I've seen mostly in epic fantasy, you get like a down-to-earth female craftsperson or witch that helps the main character in some way, and they're usually really
3: cool. that is Mm -hmm. such a good character. Yes.
0: So, I don't think that, like, when we're looking at side characters, it is cool when they do have a character arc, but I don't think they necessarily need one. Especially if, mm-hmm. let's say, you're in a series and if this character is prominent, like they could have an arc later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you can still show that they're not a character trope or they're not a caricature by understanding what their strengths and weaknesses are, understanding like what their flaws are, maybe mm-hmm. bending the character a little bit not necessarily arc worthy but just kind of testing them Mm -hmm. and seeing what happens and that's always fascinating because then if they are in trouble or their friends are in trouble like going back to the mama bear character Mm -hmm. you get to see a different side of them and it's Mm -hmm. like oh but this still makes sense because it's still it this is what the character values
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes sense I think another way you can do it is like
1: basically they're a main character who has already completed their arc. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about it in that way. Mm -hmm. So like they have all of the things that they learned in their story. And even though we never get their story, like you see Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they have those qualities, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see the results of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Although I do think it's okay to have like, your more weak characters as side characters. Mm. Mm. Not yeah, weakly written, but just like <laughs> that's where you can have your like gothic mm. damsels in distress who uh-huh. are crying and sad about things because you have other characters who do things. Yeah. Or they can they
2: can make a great um foil or like comparison <gasps> to your main yeah. character. I'm thinking of like um Princess and the frog. Where you have Mm -hmm. Tatiana who has worked for everything that she has in her life and she still doesn't have her dream yet. Meanwhile you have like the the blonde spoiled girl who like is just like wishing really hard on a star for the thing that she wants. (laughs) (laughs) Uh It's just a great contrast right there of like this, you know,
1: the passive weak character and your good main character. Yes. Weak characters are also great, like stumbling blocks for your main character. Mm. Like having to figure out how to deal with them, basically. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay,
1: switching gears slightly, let's talk briefly about the Bechtel test. Oh, so, boy. for those of you listening who might not know, the Bechtel test or Bechtel Wallace test was created by cartoonist Alison Bechtel in a strip featuring two women talking about a film. It's a measure of films asking if, one, the movie has at least two women in it, two, who talk to each other, three, Mm -hmm. about something other than a man. Mm -hmm. Many (laughs) take it farther and insist that the characters have to be named, but that was not in the original strip. Um, So according to one user-generated database of about 10,000 films, only about 60% of them pass. Mm. The rule was created in jest, but has since become a mainstream way of judging films and other media. So what are your guys'
3: thoughts on this test? <sighs> uh, I, okay. So I think in its simplicity,
0: it is it can be useful because then you can technically look at a film or book, whatever, and then decide at least at first, like, Okay, are they going in the right direction? Mm -hmm. But but there's just not enough there to, if you're going to develop a strong female character, and all you're looking at is if, (laughs) okay, first off, we need two women, and they're going to talk to each other, and they're going to talk to each other and not necessarily, you know, talk about a man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, cool, but that doesn't necessarily make them characters. It, yeah, you could yeah. you can
2: maneuver a story specifically to pass this test and still like <laughs> fail what its point was. Yeah,
3: uh,
2: I think it's been useful for. Uh, I think the test has been useful for pointing out that male centered stories have been overrepresented. Like, I think mm-hmm. most stories mm-hmm. should like in general, pass, like, the Bechdel test, but I don't think every story has to. Like, for an obvious example, if you have a historical story about a guy in a military base, most of the characters are probably going to be men, and it isn't unreasonable for that story to not pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. You could... Mm -hmm. You could also have stories that feature, like, mainly women characters, so it wouldn't pass a reverse Bechdel test. That is, like, they don't have two male characters that have a conversation about something other than a woman. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many H- movies would pass a reverse Bechtel test, but I bet you it's higher I than
1: sixty <laughs> percent. I have information on that. So Ooh. there was a much smaller study done. I think it was like three hundred or four hundred of like some of the most popular films. Mm-hmm. And only or and ninety-five percent of the movies that they looked at Past the reversed Bechdel test Oh, yep mm-hmm. Which says to me that We just need more female-led movies That aren't in the romance <laughs> genre You know, like Ocean's yep. 8, but good But oh good yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was so disappointed by that movie That's It fair. was such a cool concept And the movie That's was just yeah, yeah, not special Mm-hmm Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Bechdel test is interesting. It's like like you guys were saying, not necessarily accurate because it depends on the point of the film. Like mm-hmm. some of my favorite films just have two characters, you know, and one's yeah. a man and mm-hmm. one's a woman, so, so no matter what go. they talk about, it's not gonna pass, even though the women are fantastic characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we need do need more female female led things. Nice. I wonder what the percentages of books that, like, pass these tests would be. That's harder because books, you more often
2: have a point-of-view character, so if if your point-of-view character is a guy, he's usually not, like, observing two female characters in conversation, like... (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And same same with your reverse. (laughs) Like, it could happen, but, like, you have to do more finagling, whereas movies are, like, third-person by default, like...
3: Mm -hmm. that's that's what
1: you get (laughs) that makes sense so while we're on the subject of quirky tests for strong female characters let's talk about the sexy lamp test which (laughs) asserts that you know if your character can be replaced by a sexy lamp with no real effect on the plot you need to rethink your story so what are your thoughts on this
2: I think that's that's a good one. In general, that's a good one, especially for your main set of characters. There could be exceptions, but I, th- I think there are exceptions, not not the rule.
0: It's also nice, because I feel like it's taking it a step further. Like, I, I like <laughs> the spectral test is still useful and everything, like we were saying, but what's interesting about the sexy lamp test is that you can then determine if, going back to Kristen's point of, like, oh, if a character has agency, like, <laughs> probably a strong character and a sexy lamp does not have agency so it is kind of looking at character's agency or relevance to the plot and that's pretty important <laughs>
3: if, yes. if the
0: character is you know not like a side care like necessarily a side character or, like not <laughs> as important um but what's also interesting i did I was like researching. I was like, oh, what other like interesting tests are there on the Internet? (laughs) And apparently, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen Pacific Rim? I have not, but I
1: was reading about this.
0: Oh, okay. So you probably saw the same thing I did. But um, basically, there's like the Mako Mori test. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And did you? Okay, so you did come across it.
2: I still don't know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah so basically, um, Makomori is a female character in Pacific Rim. She's not the main character. She's just kind of like a side character. But what's interesting about her is she was actually, and I agree, but like she was written as a a female character that felt like a full fledged character and like hmm. had her own motivation. And it wasn't. It didn't line up with. Um, necessarily the main male characters plot arc. Mm. And so the Mako Mori test basically is like the sexy lamp test (laughs) in the sense of its opposite. Cause it's, Mm. it's basically saying, Oh, well the character has to have an independent plot arc and that character Mm. or her arc does not necessarily, like does not exist in support of the male character.
1: And I'm like, that's really cool.
3: <laughs> I feel
1: like that one is like harder to parse often. Yeah. If yes. your character arcs aren't intertwined, you wrote a bad book or you wrote a bad story. Oh, right. This is <laughs> but, like very specific, but yeah, no, I did see that. And that was interesting.
0: And it's so sad. Cause I didn't see the third movie. So like the first movie, second movie, they're good. And like Mako is excellent. But the problem is that in the, third movie um they just do her such a disservice like they yeah. just basically throw her character right out the window and like other things happen that are awful and it's like what about the first and second movie though that was great you can write uh-huh. female characters what's going <laughs> on <laughs>
1: what happened right yeah yeah going back to the sexy lamp test i agree <laughs> with both of you that like it's a good idea especially for main characters but <laughs> the exception, I think, is when you have something like Don Quixote's Dulcinea, where it's just kind of this concept mm. of mm. a person mm-hmm. that that motivates the main character. So it's like, yeah. they don't necessarily have to be a person, and it could be a sexy lamp, but that would be weird. So, you know, <laughs> they are a person. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that use of it. And I think that works as long as like you have other characters who are fully fleshed out and make sense Mm.
2: that was my thought along the lines of exceptions basically Mm -hmm. because that character is more object than character and i think that's okay sometimes like sometimes Mm -hmm. that works that's like how the story works
1: (laughs) i just for the love of god don't fridge them Oh gosh. Please stop. Like, it, don't break the works, sexy lamp. It, <laughs> it,
3: it, it works, it functions, but it's horrible. Okay. So since this
1: topic is just way too big to ask to trope or not to trope, like if you said don't trope strong women, then I we're we we do not need to talk anymore.
3: Um, oh dear.
1: I I'm gonna ask instead. What kinds of female characters do you want to see more of in fiction?
2: Smart ones. I'm <laughs> going to be very <laughs> selfish here. I want more Beth Oh
1: Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Oh my gosh. I just had no... Okay. Well, I have to... Kristen, you have to answer really quick, and then oh, I can answer, and then I have to tell
1: you my idea. <laughs> okay. I- <laughs> One that I really want is like female characters who can throw down and like decimate another character in a fight either physically or verbally but like they (laughs) choose not to so like so many of the characters strong female characters i see are like so punchy and fighty and like they'll just like fight for no reason whatever (laughs) they'll snark at someone for no reason so i want a character who like can do that but doesn't they they choose pacifism they choose to just (laughs) keep living their life and ignore dumb people but like they Aww. occasionally just like tear someone completely apart with a one-liner or like they just one punch and the other person's down. I want those badasses.
0: Yes, I need to see more of those. Okay, this is perfect. Okay. Um I would like to see more female characters that are sweet and kind. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the times you see yes. stories where it's like, oh, they're snarky or mm. you know, they're they are, like, more hardened to the world or, you know, and maybe they learn, like, oh, friendship and found family and everything. But you never, mm-hmm. like, you do, like, it does crop up. But I want to see more characters that maybe start off sweet and kind and, like, yes, maybe they'll learn that the world is awful, but that mm-hmm. they'll still be themselves and they are still try. Very- um my idea was basically going back to Ocean's 8. Wouldn't it be cool if like all of the characters that we just mentioned were in a heist? Because <laughs> then you have like the muscle, you have uh-huh. the mastermind, and you have like the distraction right there.
1: It's perfect. Uh-huh. Mhm. That's good. That's really. Good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. You should write a female sign for post Kelly. Oh my yep. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I I do agree that like you need more sweet and kind female mm-hmm. characters who aren't just, like, stereotypes. Like, yeah. yeah, they actually are strong, and they know that the world sucks, but they mm-hmm. choose to be kind anyway.
2: Yeah. They're not flat and just like, oh, I'm just sweet Disney princess, like, early uh-huh. Disney princess. Just oh, yeah. because that's what they were taught to do, and then they're just kind of passive. Like, no, oh, active,
1: <laughs> active, yes. kind characters. yes. Yes. Uh,
3: Like I'm trying to think of any, and I can't think of any.
1: (laughs) That's horrible. Can you guys? uh,
3: Probably not
2: like main characters. I think more often you might see that as a side character.
1: Like you got Jane Bennett. Jane Bennett is like that. Yeah.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. All right, putting that in my heist. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely
1: need that. (laughs)
2: Sorry, I think I've seen some retellings of Cinderella that are like that, no, where yeah. like you yeah. you actually actually see her like choosing kindness, not just like that she's made out to be that way, just
1: because, like. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Is there any story that wasn't written more than two hundred years ago that has these characters? <sighs> <sighs> I'm sure they'll like keep coming to us all night. I'm sure they exist. I, just, yeah, it's gotta be true.
3: So there. Of
2: mind. there are so many books that exist. There are so many That's books. True.
1: Are there books that people have
2: heard about that have done mm. this?
1: <laughs> Listeners, if you know of like actively kind characters, send them our Because <laughs> we need this. <laughs> Ray, to your point of smart female characters, I want. Female characters who are convincingly really good at what they do. Yes. Yeah. Not just like dropped that they're good at what they do and then you don't ever see it again or you like mm-hmm. see it randomly but don't believe it. Like, I want to see them over and over mm-hmm. succeeding at the things they are good at and yes. have it matter to the plot. Uh huh. Yes, for sure.
2: I love Beth Harmon's like character so much because, mm-hmm. she, okay, so she's a chess genius. But they didn't, like, make her too much of, like, a caricature of that. It's not like, oh, and, like, she doesn't, she, like, doesn't know how to talk to people. And she doesn't know how to dress. And she doesn't know how to do anything but chess. And it's, like, you still see, like, even though she doesn't, like, get along with people her age exactly. It's, like, she still has, like, she still wants to, like, look good. And she's still Mm -hmm. interested in guys. And she still knows how to. Functionally, make like small talk, or like ask for like the things that she wants, and like interact with people with like basic skills, like
3: mm-hmm. they, they mm. did all
2: of that. It's
3: good. Yes, I'm sorry. It's just there <laughs> were there were
2: so many <sighs> things there that I've seen done poorly elsewhere, and
3: it mm-hmm. just kind of spoke to my soul. That's
1: fair. Yeah, but show was excellent for many reasons. Mm. Okay, so any more advice for writing strong female characters? Other than, you know, writing real people with real emotions and real relationships and real thoughts?
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of the problems people have run into with this trope is not knowing what the characters care about. And mm. then from there, not knowing like, not making them make sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's even okay for people to have stereotypical desires, so long as it all fits together. Like, maybe she wants to be pretty. It's like, okay, how does that work? What are the stakes around that? Like, she wants to be, like, mm-hmm. homecoming queen or something like that? She has to find, like, dresses and, like, like... But she actually knows, like, how to do makeup, how to do dresses, and she can, like have a snappy comeback if someone tries to sell her, like, a second-rate dress in a store, like mm-hmm. El Woods at the beginning of, e- okay. of Legally Blonde. <laughs> like, she knows her stuff. It's like, cool. She's knowledgeable about the
1: thing that she cares about. That tracks. Like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I, I know this was mentioned before, but giving them agency is actually
0: a really good tip. Because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes I mean that's good for any kind of character that is influencing the plot um, very strongly. But especially if you're talking about strong female characters, I definitely see a lot of this where I'm reading and I'm like, all right, cool. She's telling me, you know, she's gonna do this grand thing, but then she gets distracted and she gets <laughs> pushed along the plot by like her <laughs> love interest or best friend or whatever. And it's like, that you're not doing anything, even though you're mm-hmm. saying you are going to do something, you're not doing it. It's like, Oh dear. Yeah, yep. I'd, I'd like to see more of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just giving her decisions to make and then having consequences of those decisions. Yeah, There are so many books and movies where like, there's theoretically a decision that the character <laughs> has to make, but you know no matter what they choose, nothing about the plot is going to change. Oh, boy. And that is not a real, that's not real agency.
3: No. Yeah.
1: There has to be consequences for actions.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, no. I understand how so much of this, like, the strong female characters, like, argument and stuff online comes down to, right, real people! <laughs> like, <laughs> They're they're just more characters, write them like real characters. And like I also understand people kind of not knowing what that means. Like it's well documented the ways that like men and women have misunderstood each other for centuries. Like things like that. And it's mostly comes down to, yeah, they're not bothering to learn each other's perspectives. Like maybe maybe that's the thing. <laughs> But also makes me think of like
0: because I have seen on the internet where it's like there's a guy writer and he's like I'm not a woman so I could not possibly put myself in a woman's Mm -hmm. position and write from a like a woman's perspective and then I immediately think of I think it was like George R R R. Martin who basically said like they asked him oh you know like how do you how could you possibly write female characters Mm -hmm. that are like well rounded female characters and he's like. I just treat them like any other character. Uh I
2: I believe that women are people. Like, I think you more (laughs) or less said something along
3: those lines. Like, they're Mm -hmm. they're people. (laughs) Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah. And like, if you're a man who wants to write women and you don't know anything about women, make friends with some women. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Just people. People are people. Maybe easier said than done.
2: Like, that yeah. That advice seems a little bit, like, yeah, if you can, like, you should make friends or, like, figure out how to talk with, like, the people that you're trying to represent, regardless of what you're trying to write. This is a perspective that I'm yes. not familiar with. It's just sort of like, maybe I should ask someone who's actually, you know, has some experience with this what it is. I don't care if it's, like, I don't know, being a woman, being gay, being, like, a person of color, or just, like being a blacksmith or something like that like Mm -hmm. talk to someone who has been in the position of doing the thing or like research and all of that all of that Mm -hmm. oh my goodness yeah that'll still that's Mm -hmm. still like the right way to do it or the better way to do it
1: I, yes like obviously that advice is easier said than done but like Uh (laughs) I would also posit that if you can't make friends with people and talk to people, then you're probably not going to be able to write good characters either. But Kristen, I don't know how to talk to people or make friends with people. You're friends with us.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That works. Find other people who also don't know how to talk to people and bond (laughs) with them.
1: (laughs) And one more thing on female characters is like they're allowed to have female characteristics like Strong female characters yeah, yes. shouldn't be male-coded women. They can be. <laughs> they don't have to be. Like mm-hmm. you can, like we were saying, people are people. Like you can mix character traits as long as they make sense with the character's background and personality mm-hmm. and all of that. Like they can love to sew and love kicking ass. Like uh-huh. that's a
3: thing. <laughs> uh
1: huh.
2: Were it not for my needle, you would have no clothes. Now, step out of my way. I need to organize a social event to secure a land deal. like exactly.
3: <laughs> yes. yes. saw that on the internet somewhere <laughs> <laughs> The internet is a weird, wonderful
1: place, and mm-hmm. largely terrible, to- but sometimes <laughs> great
0: with cats sometimes. Mm-hmm. yes, yeah, and our podcast, yes. <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> cats in her podcast mm-hmm. there you so go it can't be all bad <laughs> <laughs> and that's our episode listeners do you agree with our assessment of writing strong female characters are there any female character subtropes you'd like us to do an episode on email us at trope or not trope at gmail.com and let us know we'll be back in two weeks with another trope thanks for listening to trope or not trope and happy writing